Welcome to the Lord's Podcast with Will Rowe. Well, welcome along to this month's Lord's Podcast. Lots to discuss today and I'm very pleased to be joined by Middlesex's T20 captain, David Milan. Welcome, David. Thanks, Will. Good to have you on. And joining David, the editor of All Out Cricket magazine, Phil Walker. Morning, William. Good stuff. Nice to have you both here. Plenty to discuss today as we look forward to England's one-off T20 with Sri Lanka, ask whether Nick Compton's cricket career is now over, and discuss what has brought about a change in form for Middlesex's T20 and one-day outfit. As well as this, I'll put my guests to the test with the Lord's Podcast quiz, and we have your questions from... Oh, sorry. And we have your questions for David from Twitter. Uh, but starting off... England's one-day form is looking good, and David, you've been called up to the T20 side, so congratulations. Were you expecting it? Thank you. Um, no, not at all. Um, you know, it was a sort of a shock call on the way up to Brighton to play a 50-over game. I think it was a Saturday night or something, Angus Fraser gave me a call, so I um, was definitely not expecting it, and, you know, to be part of this New England England setup and, and to just sort of see how they're going about it, because from the outside, looking in, it looks unbelievable, it looks a great great thing to want to be part of, and, and, you know, to be given that opportunity, from my point of view, it seems... You know, it's, it's fantastic. Have you spoken to anybody there? You know, have you spoken to any of the coaches? No. I mean, I mean, spoken to you about. So Morgs or Morgs has come up to me and said, "Is uh, sorry, didn't know Gus told you last night. Right. Uh, well done, uh, well deserved." And that's pretty much what I've heard. I think I got an email from Phil Neil um, two or three days later, but since then I've, I haven't heard anything. I haven't spoken to the coaches. So Sunday night, joining up at the hotel, hopefully I bump into a few boys and and, and say hello. Great stuff. There's a question from Twitter on this subject. Uh, thanks for everyone that's tweeted in under the hashtag AskMilan. Um, what are your future plans and goals in an England shirt? That's from I am Prashmak. Uh, well, I think the future goals are actually to get picked and play in the game. Uh, I think that's the first start, so hopefully Morgan can give me, give me a game. Um, but look, it's, it's to take the opportunity that I'm given if I'm given that opportunity and uh, to make full use of it. Um, you know, opportunities are going to be few and far between, and and you know, when when you're fortunate to be given that opportunity, you want to take it without putting too much pressure on yourself. Absolutely, and we've got the squad here. It's a 13-man squad for that one-off T20. There's a lot of well, there's calls for yourself and Tamal Mills to be given an opportunity. You're the two uncapped players. Phil, should they play? Uh, he's sat here in the room with you <laughs> oh absolutely no question Will no no in all seriousness T20's the, the right game to, to blood new talent um, and you can afford the odd outlier in there as well um, now Tamal Mills we've all seen him on Sky this year uh, it's been phenomenal and thrilling as well to see a, you know an English bowler bowling 93-94 MPH um, you will have faced him I guess this year? Have you faced him already? We've got him tonight, actually. Right. We missed that. We okay. We've got a rained off game against him, so we've got him tonight. Right, lovely. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> When's the rain going? But, it, but it's, it is great to see. And um, 2020 cricket encourages these kinds of outlying players, these sort of maverick players, if you like. Um, players with a little bit of spark and a little bit of otherness, you know. And so, and so absolutely, you want, you want to see these players. It's been the, the gateway for players like Jason Roy and so on and so on. Um, and so, yeah, the, the more the better. Sam Billings as well, I'd like to see see Sam in the side and I'd like to see him given a, given a run in the 2020 side and arguably as well, if they can possibly find his way into that ODI side, to see him in 50-over cricket as well. I mean, he's a very special, intriguing talent. Absolutely. So who are we dropping here tonight? Oh, we're playing them all. Tonight. We're, we're playing all, all 13. Well, surely Johnny Bairstow has to have a break. He's played a lot of cricket. 
He has, but then he's like Duracell Bunny, isn't he? Just yeah. can't get enough of it. He's obsessed with cricket and just wants wants to play constantly day after day. And when you're in that kind of form, it's probably understandable. Um, it's I'm glad I'm not a selector because I would be playing them all. Jason Vince needs a bat, uh, James Vince rather needs a bat. Yeah, you know he, he didn't he didn't really set the world alight in the Test series, but he's obviously embryonic in terms of his Test career. Um, I'm glad that they retained him in the ODI squad, although he hasn't actually got a game yet in that series. Um, I imagine he'll probably come back into that side. And then we've got this lad at Middlesex, Milan, who I've heard good things about. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get, he'll get a go at some point. Where would you want to bat? You know, obviously you're, you're, you're up the top for Middlesex. Would that be the ideal spot? Oh, yeah, ideally, if, you, if you're given a choice, you want to bat in the top three. But um, I, I know you'd bat anywhere for all that. I'll bat eleven if I need to. But is, is that the is that the gun position then? Twenty over cricket to open the bat. Uh, that's just what suits me. That's just what I've done for the last four years and probably been my most successful at. Right. Um, I had a few stints sort of batting six, five, six, um, and they start, the first year or so started off well, and then it just sort of I, I sort of struggled within that, and then given the opportunity to open my game, sort of I found a method that suits me uh-huh. um, in the first. Or going up front, so um, yeah. If I'm given the opportunity and given the choice, then I'll be putting my hand up to go in the top three. Sitting in just now, I just remember the first time I ever saw you you bat was at the Oval when Middlesex were playing Lancashire. Weirdly, at the Oval, I think they were doing some reconstruction That's work right. here, and you got ninety odd in about 50, 40, 50 balls. Yeah, hundred, hundred, it was a hundred, was it? Hundred. hundred, hundred. Sorry, yeah. Hundred three. Just to clarify. Okay. It was a long, long time ago. It was, it was. But I, I remember thinking, yeah, that, that boy can play. And now, now here we are. Now you're, you're in an England squad. You know, it's great to see. Thank you. And in just a moment, we'll come on to your, your, your form with the bat. Um, but a few more questions from Twitter before that, under hashtag AskMilan. Who is your batting inspiration? That question from Owen Morgan fans, which is a <laughs> Owen Morgan Twitter account fan account. Maybe it's uh, him. Maybe it's him. It's quite, there's been a few, actually. Um, you know... I grew up in South Africa, so you you grew up watching some of the South African players. Um, at the time, Gary Kirsten was always someone that I looked up to, you know, because Test cricket was obviously the the main game at the time. Um, and then the Australians, they had Justin Langer, Matthew Hayden, just all, all full of left-handers. Yeah. Um, and then Sangakara as well at the end. So it's all also sort of left-handers, um, and the guys that all, all do different things, but have all sort of not conquered the world, but been successful in world cricket and at, at some sort of period. It's easier being a left-hander, isn't it? Yeah. 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 When the umpires drop ball, it's, it's a lot easier. And there's no LBWs and things like that. It's definitely a bit easier. Um, the next question comes from Akshay. Do you hate it when people call you David? Um, I'd rather David than David or something like that. So, um, look, I'm, I'm not fussed. There's, you know, I still walk out at Lord's the Bat and the, the announcer gets my name wrong every single time. So, um, I've been here for 11 years and this still gets it wrong, so... Who knows, who knows what people call me these days, but um, I'm not fussed to be totally honest. Great stuff. Um, question from Ali Hamza. How was playing in the Pakistan Super League? Yeah, that was a fantastic experience. Um, you know, it was a, my first experience in a franchise um, 2020. Um, I struggled a bit the first three or four games. You know, the walking out to, to bat and you've got all these international superstars and um, and you, the the pressure I felt going under uh, going out and batting under those conditions in front of flat houses, uh, sorry, full houses was was a great experience. Um, you know, it's something I want to do again. Um, I felt I learned a hell of a lot as the tournament went on. I think my last four games I did a lot better, um, and I sort of found a method of, of of how to play again, which is it's all about adapting and how quickly you can adapt. And I think that sort of put me in good stead coming into the season. Um, yeah. You know, playing against different bowlers, playing against better players. 
um, and being on the biggest stage, it sort of it sort of puts you in a better place. Can I just ask you, being in that kind of top bracket of county cricketers who are consistently churning out runs, especially in the short forms, you you in a kind of Michael Carberry sort of fashion, you know, and, and these players are quite open about the importance of overseas. 20 over leagues, big bashes, obviously the dream is the IPL and so on. Are you kind of unashamedly focused on, on that as part of your career plan or do you just kind of take it day by day and just, just wait to see what Yeah, coming? not yet. I don't think I'm at a stage, I still want to play all three, all three forms of right. for England. So my ambition is, if, even if the IPL came knocking now, I still want to be playing for Middlesex because I, right. I still want to play Test cricket. Okay. Um, but if I was 32 or 33 years old now, I would jump on that bandwagon yeah. straight away because um, at the end of the day it's you need to start making as, as much money as you can sure. and that's the, the financial train if you can sort of crack into that and you do do well in a couple of these tournaments mm-hmm. that you looked after but as I said for me at my age at 29 I'm, I'm still going to play all three forms of cricket for England and my ambition is still there and you know Middlesex is my pathway to get there mm-hmm. interesting times it should be great and coming back to Middlesex you're T20 captain at the moment um, there's been a resurgence in form for the white ball cricket at Middlesex so what do you put that down to? Um, just not losing pressure situations I think has been the, the massive thing I think if you look at our, our form last year I think there were probably f- four or five games where by sort of the 15th over if you're looking from the outside you're going yep Middlesex are winning this game yeah. and we end up losing by two runs or we we concede 30 runs in an over or something stupid like that a bit like the game we had on TV against Surrey the other night where we are in a strong position having them 120 with four overs left and they score 170 yeah um so just little things like that. We've, we've got better at winning situations. We've changed our training a little bit. We've become a little bit more specific um, up to games, whereas in the past, Middlesex has always been a four-day yeah. county that's just focused on four-day cricket. And the 2020s would creep up on you and it'd be the first Friday night and you go, oh, wow, we've got a 2020 tomorrow night. Let's, let's do a training session today. Whereas it's been encouraged to do your skills through four-day games as well. Um, because at the end of the day, 2020 is, is very important. You know, it's, it's from a financial point of view, it's, it's great from a player's point of view, it's great fun. Uh, but from a spectator's point of view, it's awesome. So, you know, we had to change the, our fortunes in that. And so far, touch wood, we've, we've made good strides in that. And in terms of Angus Razor, managing director of cricket, I mean, previously, Gus has always really focused on the four-day game and you touched on it there. Is he signing players with a, with a look to the white ball aspect of their game? Some of you know, players like Mitchell McLennan and... James Fuller as well. You know. Definitely, I think Fuller's been a great signing for us. You know, I think initially he was signed to be a back backup for the four-day cricket match to play all our white ball. You know, just that we've got sort of him and an overseas seamer, so you've got two sort of um, constants in your team, um, and it be and it sort of gives Toby Ronan Jones, James Harris, Tim Merton the chance to sort of get their legs get their legs back if that makes yeah. sense, um, and just concentrate on one format. Um, so from that point of view, that's been exciting. You know, he knows how to bowl the death. He's Unpredictable, you know, he'll, he'll walk past you like a ball in New York and he bowl a bouncer. He'll be like, just tell me bowl in New York. Like, I don't think he really knows what he's doing, but he's been a breath of fresh air in, in, in that sense that he, he goes out, he's not scared to try things, and, yeah. and you know, he, he adds a little bit of pace. Um, so, from that point of view, Gus has got out. You know, we obviously signed McCullough, McClanagan, we signed yeah. George Bailey now, we signed um, James Fuller. So, they're four signings more more pressed towards our. our 2020 and one day campaigns. And, and what have you learnt from walking out to bat with McCullum? Don't run down is the one thing he keeps saying. And then okay. every time you look down at him, he's running down and he's hitting him out the ground. Right. Um, <laughs> and then he walks past him and goes, like, oh, I kept telling myself, don't run down. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, like, I keep telling myself, don't run down then. But no, look, his, his mindset on the game and about, about making it as fun as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think we lost that at Middlesex a bit, especially in the one-day cricket and one-day stuff. It became an obsession with trying to do well without doing the hard work, and, and we just lost the fun of it, mm. um, the enjoyment of it. So I think he brought that back a little bit, you know. As he did to the New Zealand exactly, side itself. Exactly. You know, and, and you know, the, the old culture where you sit in the changing room and you have a beer afterwards and you chat to each other and you get to know each other. You know, he was massive on that. You just seen him in, in after games. He's sitting in the corner with his bottle of red wine, and and all the boys just sitting around him having mm-hmm. a chat about things. You know, I think these days you go and sit in the tavern or you go to a pub or whatever. But to actually sit in the changing for a good hour and a bit and just chat and find out his sort of philosophies of cricket, and his his way of thinking and, and playing, you know, was was great from my point of view and from the other youngsters in the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously he gave that brilliant lecture, the county lecture at, at Lords a couple of weeks ago, and. The interviews around that lecture as well were very much about the importance of being able to liberate cricketers, you know, because New Zealand had lost that fun, they'd lost that enjoyment, and as you say, maybe that, that was the case in your one-day dressing room as well. Um, and he, as you as you rightly allude to, the, his philosophy of the game separates him from other cricketers. You know, it's not necessarily how many runs and, and wickets he's, he's he's made and taken; it's how he approaches the game and where he kind of where he prioritises it you know ultimately it's it's what you did when you were a kid that you fell in love with and you have to try and retain that and I thought that was a really good message because we can take sport too seriously can't we you know and, and when you're at your kind of elite level it can become quite a drag it can become quite a serious sort of humorless thing you know and so that's why people like McCullum are so great for the game not only are they great to watch but they're great to listen to because they for my money anyway they, they prioritise it they give it a bit of perspective and I find that a really, really kind of refreshing thing to listen to and to see. And your form at the moment sort of suggests a bit what Phil's saying is you're playing so freely. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I saw you in a game here against uh, Somerset in the first ball you just hit it for six <laughs> and like that was I thought wow I mean you absolutely middled it straight down towards the the new Warner stands and, you know so is, is that part of that I mean your form is, is great at the moment I'll bring in a, a question from Twitter um, Linda Nathaniel asks what's more important eye on the ball or footwork eye on the ball definitely yeah. um, if you don't watch it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter where your feet go to be totally honest um but yeah, look, you know, going back to that game, I've, I've been struggling for a bit of rhythm before that, for the, for the two weeks before. Um, it was a TV game, the last TV game I hadn't really done really, really that well after I'd been picked for England, so, you know, I just decided to go out and try and hit my way into some form, and I found my rhythm after three or four balls. My hands were going up and feet were moving, I was watching the ball, um, you know, and you need that lucky break every now and again, you know, I could hit that straight down square next night, no one would be sitting here going, oh, great shot first ball, but... Um, you know, that's just the way it goes. Um, yeah, and then from the form point of view, it, it has gone nicely. Um, you know, I, I, we, what we just touched on about taking things too seriously yeah. in the past, I definitely took things too seriously. And I think Chris Rogers sort of had a massive impact on me on that, you know, about getting the balance between having fun and working hard and, and being not being cricket, cricket, cricket all the time. Because I, I was sort of walking to the ground, it'd be cricket. I'd walk home, I'd be thinking about cricket. Yeah. And go to bed, I'd be thinking about cricket. And wake up, it'd be cricket. Whereas... You know, he sort of taught me about having a balance in life and, and a balance on and off the field. Next question from Paul Halden. Um, we all know about the fantastic batting, but are you under bowled or an all rounder with more practice? 
I would say I'm on the ball, but then I bowled myself in the 19th over and got whacked for 20 in a, in a tight game. So um, I think if I bowl, bowl in the right times, I definitely think I'm on the ball. Um, you know, I've, in white ball cricket, I've got some reasonably good stats um, yeah. for the time I bowled. I just, as I said, I just the last couple of years I've just hardly bowled, um, and then when I did get the ball, I get whacked out the ground. So. Um, you know, it's 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 about doing it at the right time when the captain needs you and, and when the team needs it, and not just for the sake of bowling. And as a captain, is it tricky to bowl yourself? Because you'll always get accused as a captain. If you bowl yourself, should I bowl yourself? And if you don't, then they say, well, why are you not bowling yourself? You know, so it's um, sort of rock and hard place. I, w- I wouldn't say that. I think it's more for what we need. Yeah. You know, if you look at the balance of our team, we have Paul Sterling in our team all the time. So, you know, he's an off spinner. So when we usually pick our, sp- our main spinner for one day cricket it's either going to be Ravi Patel the left arm spinner or Nathan Souter the leg spinner so if your main bowler is already a leg spinner or left arm spinner turning the ball away then you don't really want your second spinner to be doing the same thing um, so that's when Sterlo comes in a bit more whereas if you pick Ollie Rayner yeah. as your front line spinner then I'd probably bowl instead of Sterlo in those, those situations so no Reigns you don't need to worry about bowling if Reigns is in then you then, might have yeah, to then, consider then it then I'd probably be bowling because it just balances your team out a bit more if you have one guy taking the ball away from the right-handers and one away from the left-handers. A very interesting one for Middlesex fans to look out for in the future. Um, right, now, last week it was announced that Nick Compton is taking a break from cricket. Uh, the England batsman has had a torrid time of late with the bat, scoring just 51 runs across five innings during the Sri Lanka series. It was likely that he wouldn't retain his place in the England squad for the forthcoming Pakistan series, and Compton, supported by Middlesex in England, has decided to take some time off from the game. A Middlesex club statement read a challenging start to the season, both physically and mentally. Uh, there's no time scale on when Compton will be back. Is, is this the beginning of the end for Compton's career? Where does he go from here? I think, I think that would be very premature to make that kind of conclusion. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know him particularly well. Obviously, David will know him very well indeed. Um, whenever I've dealt with him, first of all, I've always found him a really interesting and engaging uh, and open character. Um, at odds with the perception of him in in other spheres of, of the English game, um, he cares clearly and mm. intensely. But then you need to if you get to that level, um, and if you're playing international cricket, then you need to care. Of course, you do, you, and, and you need to want to bleed for for, the, for your team. Um, I think it was, it's been a chastening start to the season for him, naturally. Um, and I think having been on the treadmill for, what, 12 years? You know, mm-hmm. he was here, then he was at Somerset, then he was back, then he's, now he's back here again. Um, it has echoes of, of Jonathan Trott, not necessarily in, in how they've actually, <laughs> in what's going on internally, but in the, in the sense that you're just blown out. For, for this yeah. particular period, you've just, you've just burnt yourself out. You know, you've given everything you've got to the game that you love. And the game can be, can be a hard mistress. You know, we all know that. And I play second team cricket in Essex. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know it, it hurts us all. At whatever level you're playing from time to time. And I, yeah. think, I think with Compo, it's probably just got a little bit too much. And I think it's a very enlightened uh, stance that Middlesex and England have taken. I think it takes a bit of courage on his part as well. To, to recognise that things aren't quite right, uh, and I think it's I think it's to be encouraged that that's where we're at now as a as a game and as a society. You yeah. know that that one can be open about feeling mentally shot or struggling, yeah. um, and that sometimes people do need a rest. Sometimes they just need to smell a different kind of air for a period of time. 
Um, I hope he comes back. I'm sure he will. Um, we don't know if we'll see him again this season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back and makes a couple of hundreds here from August onwards. You know, Obviously, David will know him a lot, lot more intimately than I do, but from an outsider's point of view, you know, you wish him well and I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah, just on that, look, Compo's, Compo's obviously a fantastic player in county cricket. He's earned his his first call-up for England. He's earned his recall. Um, you know, and he put a lot of time and effort into that, into getting played or getting picked for England the first time and then being recalled. Um, you know, he played fantastically well in Cape Town in those in the first two tests, I think it was, or the first test. It was Durban. He was, should have been man of the match at Durban. Exactly. You know, it's too was, easily forgotten as well. 80-odd against Stain on a... Seeming wicket, wicket yeah. overcast conditions, back brilliantly that day. I agree totally, and um, you know, he, as I said, he, he works his, his socks off. He he put everything into that, and then I think after the winter, the amount of negative press that he did get after that series, and about how people were dropping him or wanted him dropped, and getting new guys in and what have you, you know, I think that took a toll. Yeah. As much as you want to ignore that, and as much as you want to sort of get that out of your system, you, you know, you still hear it, you still see it, and then. You know, you almost try harder and harder and harder, and you get into this circle where the harder you try, the less happens and the less works. And you know, I can see Combo coming back. You know, he's probably going to take a month off or month and a half, however long he needs. And and I agree with you. I can see him coming back and leaving a legacy at Middlesex, playing yeah. for four or five years if if that's what he wants to do and, and scoring a hell of a lot of runs and potentially helping Middlesex win a trophy. When I compared in the situation to Trot earlier, it was more that Trot had lost his love for the game. Mm. Um, and he was all out of fuel, if you like. Um, and so then the, the passion and the desire starts to drain away and you lose, you don't approach the day with a smile on your face anymore and then it becomes a real drag. And, and cricket, because of its relentless nature, yeah. can really pull you under sometimes. You know, It has a history of that. Um, and so it's, it's probably necessary for Compo to go away and, and just take stock, I Reassess. suppose. Yeah, 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 just find what he wants to play for. Yeah. Um, you know, Everyone wants to play for England, and, and he achieved that ambition. You know, he played fifteen or sixteen Tests for England, which is probably fifteen or sixteen more than ninety percent of the world will ever yeah. play in for, for their country. So, um, you know, if you look at it from that side, he can be extremely proud of himself for playing fifteen or sixteen Tests. And now he just needs to find out what he wants to play for next. What's, yeah. what's the new thing he wants to get up in the morning for? Is it to leave a legacy at Middlesex? Is it to win a trophy? Is it to score? 50 first class hundreds whatever whatever it may be he's he needs to find out what he needs to do to get himself out of the morning out of bed in the morning and want to perform yeah yeah agreed well we all wish him well so let's hope to see him back soon um right it's time for the lord's podcast quiz and it's got a historical slant to it today so in case you haven't played the the new quiz Basically, how it works is I give you a date and I give you three options for something that may have happened on that date. It's all based around this great ground, um, and then you just have to decide which one it is. All right, fire uh, away. David, you can go first. Um, and then Phil. Right, in 2008, I'll put that there. What happened? Did A, Michael Holding ring the five minute bell at Lord's? Did B, digital scoreboards were installed here at Lord's, or C, Middlesex used all 10 outfield outfielders as bowlers in a county championship match at Lord's against Nottinghamshire? David, which do you think one of those is correct? I'm going to go C. Um, I, well, I, I would have gone C too. You think Middlesex used all 10 outfielders yeah. as bowlers in a county championship match? Yeah. So you're both going C? Yeah. You are both... Incorrect. Oh, it was geez. far more boring. It was digital scoreboards yeah. are installed at Lords. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I thought they were in 2007. <laughs> we started wearing pink, I think it was. So. 
2007 was the uh, 10 outfielders as bowlers. Andrew Strauss bowled six overs and took one for 16. Oh, that's criminal. He had Stephen Fleming caught by Morgan. Caught <laughs> Morgan right. bowled Strauss for 81. <laughs> so, nil-nil. Uh, second round, here we go. Phil, you to go first. In 1926, what happened? First test match at Lords not to feature England. That's option A. Option B, Patsy Hendren scores 127 not out against Australia. Or C, the WG Grace Memorial Gate erected on St. John's Wood Roads, also basically known as the Grace Gates. So what happened in 1926? The Grace Gates went up, Patsy Hendren scores 127 against the Aussies, or the first test match at Lords not to feature England? Um, I'm going with WG's Grace, uh, the Grace Gates. I'm going with that. Answer C. Answer C. David? I'm exactly the same, unfortunately. You're going in for answer C again? Oh, you guys are playing a real stalemate here. <laughs> no one wants to win. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're both incorrect again. Oh, I'm sorry nil. to say. Shocking. Patsy Hendren scored 127, not out against Australia. Well batted, Patsy. There yeah. we go. Right, nil nil, going into the final round. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Euro uh, um, Championship match, isn't it? Playing for penalties here. Let's um, not talk about that. Come on. Right. <laughs> In 1974, what happened at Lords? Was it a the first women's match at Lords? Was it B, England cricketers, well, England cricket, sorry, John Snow got his name on the Lord's Honours Board for the first time? Or was it C, David Bumble Lloyd makes his test debut at Lord's? What happened in 1974, David? I have no idea. I like the intake of breath and the suspense yeah. there. <laughs> I'll just go for A. Alright, I'm going to go for C because he did. 74 was Bumble's year that's when he made his double hundred against India right. now it may well may well not be the answer but he definitely started his test career in 74 so I'm going I'm to go to see I can Bumble. reveal one of you is one of you is taking a 1-0 unassailable lead come on right come on and it is you Phil yes, yes. you're correct Bumble made his test debut at Lords he scored 46 and bowled two overs in an innings victory there you go so there you go yeah. congratulations Thank you. Well done. 1-0. It was like a very... Um, I like <laughs> you, you kind of marked the scores down as well. Just, yeah. just for a 1-0 for miserable <laughs> dogfight relegation win. Absolutely. Well, that's my first ever win on the Lord's Podcast Quiz, so thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, thrilled just just for words. listeners, that was not set up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, um, David, what have you got coming up over the next few weeks? Except, of course, tomorrow hopefully... Mills this yeah, evening. Tomorrow yeah. Mills this evening. Let's hope <laughs> a, a T20... This evening. Um, yeah, we've actually Maybe. got quite a, quite a hectic schedule. We've got this, we've got the, the Middlesex boys are up in Scarborough from Sunday, playing Sunday to Wednesday, and then obviously the if selected playing in that England game on Tuesday. And then I think we've got 2020 Friday, and then we're in Taunton for six days straight after that so it's pretty hectic schedule busy times busy times mm-hmm. and Phil yourself I've got, I've got a few days off actually Very nice. next week um, we just put the last magazine to print uh, two days ago so that comes out early early next week and then the test series kicks in so we'll, we'll be back here in a couple of weeks for the first test against Pakistan so yeah right in the, in the thick of the action this is the cricket season it's relentless David isn't it I agree day after day after day non stop Great stuff. Well, both many thanks for coming on today. 
And uh, many thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next month with more stories from Lords. So remember to follow us on Twitter. Our handle's at Homer Cricket. Be our friend on Facebook. And for all the latest news from Lords, just go to lords.org. See you soon.